Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. In many graphic novels, the villain is a bad guy looking for world domination. In Brent Williams' graphic novel, the villain takes a different shape. In Out of the Woods, Brent shares his personal experience dealing with depression and anxiety. Brent also works as a human rights lawyer and filmmaker, and he joins us from New Zealand. Brent, I have actually written a memoir that I don't intend to publish, but I have to tell you, it was very much like bleeding. How hard was it for you to relive what I'm assuming is one of the most difficult parts of your life in this book? It was really hard, but at the same time, I was something was driving me to do it. It was a really interesting process. At times, I felt like I had no control over what I was doing, but in a good way. It was just like I had... Yeah, I had, I had the story needed to come out. And when I tried to tell it in more sanitized ways, like, you know, I'm the expert, I'm well, and I'm going to tell all the unwell people how to get well, it was just, it was really hard work. But when I was honest about what, I, what I'd experienced, then that story needed to come out and it, and it flowed. But it was still hard. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was hard to go back to those experiences because I had to really put myself back into those places that, that I had described in my journals. So I had dozens of journals to go back to. And boy, did I go back there. You know, you read them and you just know exactly where you were. You know that feeling that right. depression was like. So yes, I experienced all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the, the well, you know what, maybe I should just say, I, I really feel like I wish so badly that this were a video blog so that people could see this book and hold it in their hands. It's beautiful. It's it's large, um, and it's hard-covered, and it's called Out of the Woods, A Journey Through Depression and Anxiety. I was reading this at home, and both of my boys, who are in elementary school, kind of popped over my shoulder, and they said, what are you reading, Mom? That looks awesome, because it looks like a comic book. It looks like a, like, um, a fast-paced action comic book. But why don't you explain for our listeners exactly what is in this book? It is my journey through depression and anxiety, and it covers a period of my life, um, probably over a period of seven years, I would say. And it's very faithfully portrays what I experienced. And the graphic novel format was perfect. And I found the perfect artist in the form of a Turkish man called Korkut Oztekin, who was able to come on this journey with me because it was very much a journey. I mean, it took us three and a half years to panel by panel create the book. And I wanted the book to represent that the real journey I had been on. I had, you know, I was quite clear on this. If I was to be of help to other people, I needed to be honest. I needed to not sanitize it, mm-hmm. and it needed to not just put out all the stuff we know that helps people get well. It had to put out the stuff that helped me get well, and all the questioning that went on, all the, all the sort of the tearing and the, the gnashing, if you like, of getting there and going through these processes. It's not straightforward. I don't think it's straightforward for anybody. And I wanted to do that, and it seems to be resonating with people who are suffering from depression. You know, people say that on every page there's something that can relate to them. So I think I've, through this format of a graphic novel, I've been able to express something that is quite real and visual and, and is immediate and, and connects with people. I don't know if I could have done it any other way, really. Why did you do it as a graphic novel? Well, a couple of reasons. One, when I was depressed, I couldn't read. So I knew that if I wanted to connect with people who were at their worst, I needed to do more than just write a, a book that had was, was in words. 
hold on. Tell us why you couldn't read when you were suffering from depression. Um, my brain had shut down. Um, my brain had, had stopped performing a lot of tasks, and a lot of normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't concentrate or focus on words. I couldn't finish a line. I couldn't finish a sentence. Words didn't make sense anymore. I literally had lost the ability. It was, it was almost like I had some brain injury and the and parts of my brain had, had shut down, had lost their capacity to to actually process um, in the way that it was I had it all my life. I mean, I was a lawyer. I was used to using words, reading, researching. Um, words were part of my profession, but literally at my lowest point, that was too hard and I couldn't do it. Just like moving was hard. Yeah. Um, and the daily tasks were difficult. So the depression really can disable you. So then this has a great element of kindness then, that when you looked back at, at what you perhaps would have needed, the graphic novel stood out because you know you knew that it would be easier for people to grasp and to and to take in. Why why else did you go with that sort of a format? So I had the strong desire to reach out to people who were depressed and, and I wanted the book to try and do the job that I would have done had I if I was able to be there physically with them, which was to put my arm around them and just gently say, it's okay, we can get we can get you there. We just help them along the way. So no strong advice, no, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It was just very much acknowledge the pain they're in, put my arm around them and guide them. So really early on in the book, there's an image of, of the character, one character doing that exact thing to another character. Mm-hmm. So that's what I set out to do. So I think the kindness theme was really strong on my initial motivation to um, to write the book. It was to help people to show kindness because I think kindness is so lacking when you're when you're depressed. And it's such an it's such an important thing. It was so important to me. How did acts of kindness from others help you cope? Well, I'll, I'll mention the reverse first. Sure. Acts, acts of frustration were hugely damaging, and I was behaving in ways that that normally would, you know, people found difficult. My family, I was behaving in ways that I hadn't, that were unusual, were, um, that my family couldn't understand. So the people around me, the people that usually showed love and um, were really struggling because of my behavior. I mean, I was withdrawing my love. I was drawing, I wasn't able to participate. I wasn't um, motivated. I was lethargic. I was struggling. Um, all these things, you know, we, we didn't sit down and say, you've got depression, so let's deal with it. It was just, I was in denial. I was just behaving differently. Mm-hmm. So when people around me behaved harshly or questioned or said, come on, come on, Deb, what are you doing? Or or, or just showed frustration to you, then that was hugely damaging because I was so vulnerable. Yeah. And I really needed I really needed support. I needed somebody to put their arm around me and just take care of me, just mm-hmm. hold me and nurture me and feed me. And and um, so, you know, I needed a huge amount of kindness. And unfortunately, unless you actually, you know, discuss with your family and your loved ones and your friends that you've got depression and they, they know a little bit about it and they understand it, it's a very hard illness to get to get the support you need on because you're behaving strangely and your friends are, are really annoyed with you usually. 
Right. So that's 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 the issue I faced. Conversely, when sh when somebody showed me some kindness, like a therapist, uh, particularly later on when I actually got to a therapist, um, the therapists that showed kindness to me, I responded to really, really strongly. Um, that was so important to have that feeling of safety, of being held by them, um, metaphorically, mm -hmm. and to be loved and to for them to help me start to love myself, to learn how to love myself again, because in the process of depression and prior to that, and why I got depressed is because I hadn't been looking after myself. So when people did show me love, I really responded to it. But sadly, I withdrew from a lot of people who could have, the people around me didn't understand it. And it was just all unusual and weird and um, just made it so much harder. Well, and I think when you're diagnosed with something like cancer, that people, you go to a doctor and they tell you, and, and here's our plan of attack and what we're going to do, people can, they can rally around that and they can support you for X amount of time that you're going to need support. But it feels like mental illness is different than that, that depression is different than that. Um, and so how do we love someone through it when a, we don't understand it, and and B, they're driving us crazy because we need them to pull it together. I think that it's because communication stops. There's so many things that depression is really difficult to deal with. I think the loved ones need to find out about it. They need to learn about it because unless you've experienced it, you really don't know what's going on inside. You don't know how difficult it is. Mm. Can you share with us some of some misconceptions? Can you educate our our listeners and me a little bit more about it? Um. Well, the classic one is that if you are told to, you can get out of it. You can, come on, you can buck yourself up. Come on, pull yourself together. Um, just do this. Come on, mm -hmm. get out. You need you need to do this. It's this sort of um, attitude which is very prevalent, I think, and you're doing it to yourself. You know, you're trying to push yourself in the same way, really. So I think that's... That's very common, and it's so harsh for the person that's depressed. But, you know, at the same time, they do sometimes need some really, they need firmness. You know, um, they need to eat. Depressed people need to move their bodies. They need to get outside, get into the light, get into the sun. They need to do things which actually get their body going again. So it's this, you know, it's this difficult task that loved ones have got of, showing a great deal of support and kindness, but also not letting depression rule the day, mm -hmm. to be aware that, that, that the person is suffering from this illness, which actually needs a whole lot of other things, that staying isolated in a dark room, sleeping all day, um, not feeling hungry, so not eating. You, know, you can't let somebody just continue that self-destructive path. You have to actually say, come on, you need to eat come on, we're going out, you need to move. So support is a really good thing. Don't ask them. Don't say, hey, would you like to go? They'll say, no, no, mm -hmm. I can't. I'm too tired. I don't want to. Or they won't answer the phone or whatever. You just turn up. You say, hey, come on, we're going out. And you see, you've got to put up a bit of, you know, there's going to be some resistance. So you, you've got to play this role of being extremely supportive, gentle and kind, but also, you know, not putting up with, um, depression's ways. Mm -hmm. 
you were a human rights lawyer in New Zealand when you were suffering from depression. Are you still a human rights lawyer? No, depression ended that. I couldn't I couldn't do my job because my job revolved a lot around making resources in the domestic violence, child abuse area. And in fact, I was working for many years just immediately prior to getting depressed. So it certainly stopped that. I, I couldn't do the work anymore. I couldn't read about people, other people who were in that situation, um, let alone get it together to make uh, resources about, about the area or put programs in place or work with government or anyone else, really. I, I wasn't capable of it. So this was my first job back. This is my first, the book is, is me getting back to work after many years of not being able to. Hmm. How did the journal writing help you along the painful journey? I'm sure that, that it was, you were grateful as you looked back over your shoulder to have those journals to be able to put into words what you were feeling at that time. But during the time um, when you were depressed, because I would think that journal writing would be about the last thing you'd want to do if if you're depressed. Finally, I'd never done it before, but it was the best thing I ever did. And it was one of the first things that got me focused and motivated and seen what was going on. It was just to, it got me out of bed in the morning. Um, and even if I felt utterly exhausted and not able to move, somehow getting up and just writing those very words, that's how I felt in my journal, unlocked something and words started flowing. I started describing how I felt in metaphors. Um, I put a shape, I put a, you know, gave depression a shape, gave anxiety a shape. And sometimes I wrote pages, and at the end of that process, I'd think, wow, where did that come from? It needed to come out, and that motivated me and got me going. And so I took my journal wherever I went. I went, to, I went outside and sat in parks and nice places around nature and um, or the library or places where people gathered. I didn't really interact with them personally, but it was nice to have people around me mm-hmm. sort of in, the, in the background. So I felt I was part of society still. And that was very healthy to be in nature, to be around people and to write was that's about, that was enough for me at that stage. And I expressed a lot of my feelings and I identified what I needed to do by writing. And it showed me how bad I was looking back and it also showed me the things that were working by monitoring what I was doing. So it provided, it did so much for me. It was really, really good. I would advise anyone to just pick up a pen and paper, and it's something you can just quietly do. You can go somewhere without technology, the pencil and a piece of paper, and you can just write down how you're feeling, and that's the start of the process that is so healing, to identify how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just get pushed around by depression and anxiety, like you're this passive victim. By writing about it, it gives you some control and it gives you some power over these illnesses, clarity, some insight, and gives you some direction. It does seem like in the book that some of the darkness you were feeling, like the anxiety and the depression, that they actually took a form that, you know, that they were bullying you in some way, shape, or form. And I feel like the illustrator captured that really well. Was that something that you put into your journal? Did you sketch that out? Or was that something you were able to just speak to him and convey to him so that he could draw? Or how did that process come about? Um, It was a combination, really. Sometimes I knew exactly what I wanted. Like, 
describing anxiety was very easy. It was like being bailed up by some vicious dogs nipping at your feet. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very clear. Just giving depression a shape was more difficult because it was like I, we spent a lot of time on this because I was, in some ways, I thought it was just a black shadow and not, not anything more than that. But that was very difficult to create in a book that people were reading. Um, so the artist came up with a shape which was a death-like death character. You know, um, and I thought that was very appropriate. A faceless, death-like character, because that's very much what depression is. It's, it, it ultimately can lead people to believe um, that the best thing they can do is end their, end their life. And... Um, but that's the destructive force of depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the death-like character in it is is scary because you can imagine, I can sit there with you as I read this book and imagine what how, how dark it must have been for you. How did kindness on your behalf, maybe acts of kindness that you've done or the act of kindness of writing this book, help you deal with your anxiety and depression? It was huge. Um, took me a while to realize that um, small acts of kindness on myself were what I needed to do to get well. Because I'd spent a long time being kind to others in my work and as a father of four children, looking after other people, always trying to help others. Um, and I had not looked after myself, and that's why I got sick. And so picking myself up from depression involved looking after myself and I did it in lots of little ways yeah it was it was things like um, you know not being hard on myself not having a conversation in my head which was always sort of relentlessly berating me it was getting out and feeling the warmth of the sun it was having a hot bath every night and, and relaxing it was listening to beautiful music um, it was giving myself good food, healthy food, feeding my body well. So all these things, giving my giving myself permission to to um, through acts, small acts of kindness, to to heal, to be very self focused, you know, to be selfish. So it's got such a negative connotation being selfish, but I had to learn to be selfish, otherwise I was never going to get well. <laughs> um, being selfless was not going to get me there. You know, that, that was. It's what I had done through a lot of my life, and now I needed to learn to be kind and to focus on myself. Do you st you still do that? I'm assuming the practice has stayed the same. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I still have wobbly periods, and I just always come back to, okay, what do I need? I ask myself now, and I very quickly answer it. I under I know what I need to do now, and um, yeah, I know the routine, and I follow the practices in the book to to the T. To the letter, and uh, it works every time. It's, ama it's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is amazing, and I hope that people um, will take the time to to order the book. It's called "Out of the Woods: A Journey Through Depression and Anxiety." And um, as I was reading it, I, I just kept thinking of people who've made just little comments on the side that let me know that they were really hurting. And I thought, I, I need to have a whole stack of these books to be able mm. to give to people when, when they need someone to, to wrap their arms around them like that. So thank you for, for being so selfless and, and writing <laughs> this great book. Uh, 
Thank you very much. It's very nice to talk to you. That was a conversation with Brent Williams. His book is called Out of the Woods. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the NPR One app. And find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section. 